Good time of the day, and welcome to another episode of, and when I say I mean, I am your co-host, Adrian. And I'm your co-host, Austin. I have made it back from England. Oh, yes. Welcome back. Thanks. I mean, it's Valentine's Day when we're recording, but it will be after Valentine's Day when you're listening. Happy St. Valentine's Day. Where we commemorate his martyrdom. It's interesting how all these like made up holidays are like for the martyrdom of saints. Did you say all these made up holidays? Yeah. I mean they're real holidays. I guess, but I guess maybe the commercialized holiday is a better way mm-hmm. of sending it. You know what I what holiday that I think we should make into a big thing? St. Andrew's Day. No, uh, no, I do, I do like that actually. Uh, but I was, I was thinking actually, the the feast day of St. Peter and St. Paul. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which I is think that when? should just be a massive celebration. It's June 29th. Mm, uh, By is, the way, is... <laughs> jackpot money for. Feast days, by the way. Is there is there any correlation why that should be a big celebration? No, I just think it should be. Um, okay. Well, okay, maybe. So I'm pretty convinced that Pierre from War and Peace, his birthday, I'm pretty confident, is the feast day of St. Peter and Paul. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we should ce- celebrate because of Pierre? Because of Pierre, and only because of Pierre. Okay. Nothing else. Well, Nothing the, Saint, else is happening the on feast June day of St. Peter and Paul. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So, I was having a conversation about how I never have birthday parties. <laughs> okay. And so, With I just recent Friends, countrymen. Okay. okay. And... I recently graduated um, from Clarkson. Congratulations for a master's. It's not a, not important. Nothing is mm-hmm. changing about my life because of that. Um, but there was there was talk of having a graduation party, and I said I don't really have much of a strong desire to have a graduation party. But if there mm-hmm. was one, I would go there. Um, mm-hmm. And they said it should be a birthday themed graduation party because I've never had a birthday party. <laughs> By the way, if you didn't make the connection, Austin's birthday is June twenty ninth, which is the same as the feast day of uh, Saint Peter and Paul. No, well, now everyone did, knows. But there would be massive confusion about why the sudden you're talking about never having a birthday. Everyone already knows. <laughs> well, now everyone for Don't sure knows. Don't wish me a happy birthday on Facebook. Oh, no. I'm sorry. That's right. That information that? isn't even on Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, we can delete it. We can go back into the archive. No, it's sp- fine. Snip. So, are you going to have a graduation slash birthday party? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, keep us informed. But if that if that did become a big thing, like, I don't know. 
I don't really do things on my birthday, so it doesn't really make that much of a difference to me whether or not mm-hmm. I would have off work on my birthday. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, birthdays weren't a big of a thing for us. Mm-hmm. It's like we were but still in the depression. But that's for another time. <laughs> oh, there's a good Ron Swanson quote. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so it snowed a lot here this week. Did you get any snow? We got we got probably about six inches yesterday, six to eight inches yesterday, mm-hmm. and then it rained. So oh, all okay. of it, me- so a lot of that melted. So we were just left with like, this nasty slush stuff. Yeah. And now it's freezing tonight, so it's probably going to be pretty nasty. But oh yeah, we we didn't we didn't really get that much snow. We got like a foot of snow yesterday, and then it snowed most, if not all, of the day today. Solid. Because it's so you're like a winter nightmare here. Mm-hmm. It we didn't get a lot of accumulation today. Yeah, we just had a few flurries today. I I have this guy who is supposed to plow the driveway at my mm. house. Mm. Mm. I don't know who this person is mm-hmm. or when they do that thing. Uh or they don't do But that I did thing. learn today that thing Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did learn today that it's not by nine AM. Does that mean you didn't leave by 9 a.m. this morning? Uh, well, like, it rolled around to 9 a.m. and then I'm like, I got places to be, plow mm-hmm. man. So I went outside and shoveled. Um, and so I have a new problem this year. Um, I now live on the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not in a homeless way, but in like a, <laughs> my house, uh, my it's house abuts the, the street. street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And so plows come by all the time. And because it's just, like, constantly snowing here, mm-hmm. uh, plows are always throwing snow into, into the drive. Yeah, into the, the entrance to my driveway. So, like, I got back last night, and it had been snowing. And I had to shovel into my house, which was a new experience mm-hmm. for me. I, like, put my four-way lights on, a.k.a. do whatever you want. And just got out of my car <laughs> and shoveled my way into my driveway, uh, nice. which was new for me. I also rode with a shovel in the shotgun today, which was also mm-hmm. new for me. It's There's been a lot of new snow experiences for me the last two days. I was going to say that we should change the the term from shotgun to shovel maybe from if you're from Potsdam. But then I decided you're probably just as likely to have a shotgun and a shovel yeah. in the passenger seat. I mean, seat you definitely Potsdam have a snow York. scraper there. Yeah. Even if you don't have a shotgun, you have a scraper. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Fair enough. I Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very glad that I spent like the $12 to get a good snow scraper. Because the first one that I had was terrible. It was like four inches yeah. long. No, that's that's garbage nonsense stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a plow guy too, and traditionally, the plow guy doesn't show up until late into the day. Yep, yep, yep. But this morning, miracles of miracles, 
he was probably here at 4 a.m. Wow. Wow. That's um, <laughs> whiplash there. I know. I mean, I, I don't actually know. But it was before 6 was when I got up this morning, mm-hmm. and it was plowed. I was shocked. Nice. Um, yeah. I, I'm also, I wonder often if the person who plows the driveway is also the person who takes care of the trash for me. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I don't know who does, but someone does or like I keep putting trash into the bins and they keep getting that London reference in there. Yeah. That's, that's good. Yep. That's good. And, um, they keep getting emptied and I don't know who does it. Uh, also, the weirdest thing to me, I, I keep getting the Potsdam newspaper, which is called Potsdam Now or Potsdam Today, something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't read it. Um, I just I take it off of my mailbox and throw them onto a pile, right? Because Eleanor gets one, too. So right. I always get two at a time. Right. Um, Eleanor, she fell. While she was at her daughter's. In Florida? No, she's in just like some other part of New York. Oh, for some reason I thought she went to Florida. No, she should have gone to Florida. It's much nicer. Yeah, yeah. But nothing was broken. Is she okay? For the most part, but I mean, she's also 93, so. Right. But she's, I think, for the most part, okay. That's good. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway, I throw her newspaper and my newspaper just onto a pile, and mm-hmm. someone removes that pile. Hmm. I don't know who they are or how they have keys. And so, like, I stopped locking my my own personal door since mm-hmm. I'm the only person that lives here. Right. But now I'm concerned about this this newspaper thief or cleaner probably just recycling see i would recycle them but they come in plastic bags so it makes it and okay it wouldn't be a pain but i have to have a township approved trash bag to throw away Mm. so i can't i can't just walk up to the bin boop recycle the newspaper boop right throw away the plastic i'd have to take (laughs) <laughs> newspaper out of their bags and then carry the bags all the way up <laughs> to my apartment. <laughs> I'm so glad that you decided to tell this and realize how ridiculous it sounds. <laughs> so I just pile them up next to the door and someone else takes care of them. <laughs> oh man. My friends, I don't know how this episode is going to turn out. We're both too tired yeah. right now. It's not even that late. It's, it's 9 17. Um, but, anyways, oh. apart from throwing things out, did you have something else well, that you wanted to Well, no, I was to? just texting about how my goal is to be an old person and uh, she said. That was the end of that? <laughs> no, no, no. That you should have attainable and authentic goals. Uh, oh, okay. And so becoming an old person really fits the bill there. All I have to do is not mm. die. Right. Yeah. No, that's 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 true. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, do you have any f- fun stories to tell or is it, are we too far gone at this point? We're we're too far gone, but I'll mention some things. Um 
so I was in England for a week. Oh yeah, how was that? It was good. Um, we went oh. and saw. Yes. Did you have a a, a full English breakfast? No, no, I think no. So what is okay, that? Okay, that's entail? not what I mean. Did you have baked beans on toast? Mm-hmm, how was that? Was it good? Uh, it was. I mean, it was what you would expect. In my mind, it's delicious. I mean, have you had toast before? Yeah. Have you had baked beans? Yeah. Just imagine. Uh, yeah, what it no, would be I like do. If you and just put those and it just seems delicious because I feel like the crunch of the toast brings a lot to the baked beans. I mean. Yeah, it was. I mean. You seem less. I wasn't blown away. You seem. <laughs> it's in my mind. <laughs> it's mind blowing. It's really not. I did it just to to experience mm-hmm. it. And I will say, I did it one morning, and then I did do it again okay. another morning. So, um, the fascinating thing is, did you know that Heinz, like the ketchup brand, they make canned baked beans. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is what everybody in England yeah eats. They make and you have they make all condiments too. You can get yeah. Heinz Marmite. I did not know that they made the Heinz Marmite. I might be making that up, but I didn't have any Marmite. That's a good call. By the way. Um, um, did you did have, have something called a Fry Buddy? I'm not really sure. I don't. Okay, think so. Fry Buddies are is just a roll with fries in it. No, I did not have a Fry. Or buddy. a Chip Buddy, maybe. No. I'm trying to get a uh, picture of this, but no, it just looks like a sandwich with French fries. Yeah, instead of sandwich parts, they're just French fries. But anyway, what did you actually do? I had, well, I'll tell you what else I had. We had just a lot of English breakfast stuff. Had um, black pudding for breakfast. Okay. which Which if you're not familiar, I'm pretty sure it's like, Sheep's blood and cornmeal. I was not familiar, but that is so much worse than I wanted it to be. <laughs> I, I think that's what it is. I could be. Uh, I'm just gonna give it a quick Google search uh-huh. here. Um, um, did you have any haggis? No, no haggis. We didn't make it to wherever that is from Scotland. Um, so I will say the black pudding was not as bad as what I thought it was gonna be based on its contents. Um. If you didn't tell me what it was before I ate it, I would have probably enjoyed it. But as I was eating it and realizing what it was, I yeah. was like, eh, this is... The main ingredients, it just says, are pork blood, fats, oil, and barley. Yeah, yeah. It, But it's not as bad. Again, it's not as bad as you'd think. Um, I had a crumpet, um, which is essentially just an English muffin, but slightly different. Okay. Better than an English muffin. I don't English really like muffins English muffins. English muffins are trash, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a crumpet was much better. Um, we had fish and chips, um, naturally. And lots of tea. Drank lots mm. of tea. Um, so, anyways, quick overview. S- um, saw a 500-year-old ship that had sunk to the bottom of the English Channel, and then they raised it up and put it into this museum with a bunch of artifacts that were preserved. Okay. Um, King Henry VIII's ship um, went to a soccer game in London, West Ham versus Liverpool, which ended in a 1-1 draw, which was really good for West Ham. Thrilling. Because Liverpool is good, but they didn't play to their best abilities. 
Um, so that was exciting. Are they still um, in the Champions League? Probably not. Liverpool is, yeah. I meant West Ham, but... No, West Ham was never in the Champions okay, League. Okay, okay. Um, they lost in the FA Cup, if that's what you're wondering. Mm, I don't know um, enough about soccer to say if that's true or not. That's okay. Um, I'll just quickly... We did lots of work. Then the next day we went to... Or last weekend we went to... Um, the coast, the southern coast, and we saw this, like, um, cove, natural cove, and, like, this rock formation, and walked along the the beach and stuff, and then we went to Stonehenge, Henge, oh, cool, you pronounce that, um, saw that, which was pretty cool, and then hung out in London, so it's a really abridged version, but we did lots of work in between that, mm-hmm. um, as well. Was it a solstice um, while you were there? No. No, it wasn't. Um, rained a lot, but it was good. It was a good trip. Got all of our work done that we needed to get done. Saw some sights, and now we're back. Okay, now that we have gone way over our time in the intro time, should we jump into the topic? Yeah, so our question comes from Sandra from All Gray. She says... You hear variations of a quote originally spoken by George Santayana? Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. The most common variation is those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. My question, does history, not experienced by us personally, help keep us from repeating those same mistakes, or do we only learn from personal experience? I'm thinking about the USA Today, riots, angry youth, it doesn't look a whole lot different from the riots and events of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. I thought this was a great question. Thanks, Sandra. Why did you feel it was a great question? Um, I think it's a great question because uh, if you remember the episode of Cyberchase where they're in the library looking around things and Delete keeps whispering to them, uh, they don't. people who are doomed... People who don't remember their history are doomed to repeat it. Mm-hmm. So that I've seen, I saw that when I was very young, and just kind of assumed that was a normal thing. And right. I like history a lot, and so I know a lot of things about history, and hopefully that informs things. But also, looking at history, it's clear how cyclical lots of things seem to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a great question because that's kind of just an assumed adage, but in practice, it doesn't really work out. Or maybe it's just because people don't know history. Right. So I guess that that's. Uh, I think we should kind of look at it, frame how we look at this. So like, a, is it? I think we need to figure out. Okay, is this true? Like, is this statement a true statement? Mm-hmm. And then second, a- answer. Sandra's question like if can we learn stuff from global history things that we don't haven't experienced or not necessarily global history but history that we haven't experienced or can we only learn from the history that we have experienced anything else you want to add to that kind of rough outline um no okay so do we think that this adage is true that those who fail to learn their history are doomed to repeat it um no. I I I don't think 
generally, I feel like it's more people repeat history or like broad strokes we repeat history regardless of whether or not we know history. Or sometimes people learn history and then attempt to repeat it. Mm -hmm. I think... Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's less about... I think in some ways the saying is less about, okay, learn your history or you're going to fall into the same traps and more about like, how do I change based on experience or how, how can I change based on experience? So it's the same idea, I guess, but in different, different I, Wait, I don't think so. To me, the quote is about history and knowing history. Right, but I don't think that that's the heart of the quote. I don't think the quote is necessarily saying like because I don't because it's it's not about okay, knowing history means that I'm like failing to know history means that I'm going to repeat it because people should know history but then things are still repeated. Like just because there is knowledge of history doesn't mean that the same things don't happen again. So I think that that the quote is more talking about like if I don't change based on like if I don't learn something from my past or from history that I'm not going to change. No, I think that's a too egocentric reading of the quote. Uh so I'm th- I'm thinking of like James Madison. Mm-hmm. And before they wrote so there was two plans going into the the constitutional convention the virginia plan and the connecticut plan and hamilton yeah. he was his own thing <laughs> um and so to propose the virginia plan james madison looked at every democratic society slash republic in history and tried to see what they did right what they did wrong and how to learn from those things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that went into the Virginia plan for the Constitution. And mm-hmm. I think because of learning from those failures, d- democratic societies typically don't last very long. Right now, the United States, I think, is the longest lasting republic mm-hmm. that we right. are aware of. And I I think that's largely due to uh, the work that went into trying to look at the shortcomings of historical republics and addressing them out of the gate. So, like, compared to the the French revolutions, they were much less methodical, I think is fair to say, uh, mm-hmm. in establishing governments. And so they were... They were kind of spiraling. If, if so, if you remember the Republic, in the Republic, Plato or Socrates, whoever, says that uh, government is naturally cyc- cyclical, where you go from aristocracy to democracy to. Okay, he would say you go from oligarchy to democracy to tyranny, back to oligarchy to democracy to tyranny and just you repeat that cycle over and over again and i just think you see that play out in the french revolution and its aftermath so i so i then, think it's about history 
so then your example proves that it's true uh i think it can be true but it's not necessarily true so then wouldn't you just argue that it is true it's just people haven't learned their history no um because just like lots of things can happen Like okay. there's there are many extenuating circumstances to just life and government and history that knowing history doesn't necessarily mean it won't repeat itself. Okay. And then does that change if you take it from a larger scale to a more personal scale? Um I think I think I think it is if, as we say, it's a personal thing, as you're saying, I think it becomes less true. So when it's personal, it, that statement is less true? Yes. So it's already not true on a global level, and then it becomes less true as you go to a personal yeah, level? Yeah, I think it's very skeptical on a global level, and even more skeptical on a personal level. I am thinking the complete opposite. Okay, Why? I think on a global level, it is less likely it, – it, it's more – okay, just to clarify, because sometimes we get on these disagreements and we're arguing the same thing when we get – you're saying that the saying, if you don't learn from your history, you're doomed to repeat it, is less likely – so on a personal level, I am less likely to learn from my history than I than than global societies. Yes. Okay, I disagree with that fundamentally. I think that as an individual, we are more likely to learn from our history or our recent history, even if that isn't just my personal experience, then the world at large is likely to learn from their past and the history of the world. Um, so I, I would say that because of the subjectiveness of human experience, it makes it harder to trust other people's history. Be so because, uh, I think because of like your own subjective experience, you're distrustful of other people because it's like, oh, I wouldn't do that in this situation because I am biased to think of myself as better than other people. I'm talking about like personal experiences with my own life. Oh, that's but I don't I don't think that's what the quote or S Sandra means. I'm I'm talking about learning from other people's experiences. Right, and I guess and I understand. I think I I mean I understand that, but like how how does that help me at all? Like. I obviously understanding having a global understanding of history and how that affects society is is good but it's hard for me to take any to actually do anything with that right, right? i agree I'm, unless i'm like james madison so to me this point this this like this quote is pointless unless i can apply it to myself which is saying can i learn from my history can i learn from the history of my family my society my community these larger groups like what are the the histories that I can learn from and avoid repeating the same things that have happened 
to me in the past as well as like my history which goes past my life so to get to get to sanders question i would say i would so she asked can can you actually learn from other people's experiences or do you only learn things from your own personal experience i'm more of the second camp you only learn things from your personal experience i think you only really learn things from your personal experience I mean, yes and no, but I don't think it's it is just um, contained to that that and and I'll explain further. Like the way that our family, like I feel like the way that we have been raised is directly impacted by the way that our parents were raised and the way that our grandparents were raised. Mm-hmm. And so my life is influenced by experiences that I am only like tangentially, you know, have experienced, but those things still affect my future. Right. And so I can learn from the mistakes or the, the history of my family as a way of affecting my future but even though i didn't personally experience those like i think you can i just think it's not as you don't learn as much compared to what you've experienced personally i mean i think the line gets blurred right because like in a sense i am experiencing it as it is trans as it is like handed down just inherently right i i no, i like I don't, I, to me, like, mom and dad, I hope know how to parent people. I, we can agree on that, I hope. But I don't think I would learn how to be a parent by hearing, by having them talk to me. I think I would learn much more by having a child. But I think that you have already learned how to be a parent by observing your parents and your grandparents. No, I think I just have a very limited idea of what that looks like. And it would be completely different when it actually occurs to me. But you can learn from their experiences to avoid the same things happening to you in the future, right? So, like say as a parent they had some kind of something happened and then they can tell you and say hey this happened in my life and then when you become a parent you can be like oh hey remember that i don't want to do that same thing that ended up putting my child in the same situation i can avoid that i don't know i feel like that's just a very shallow learning though and i don't trust people like how is that shallow learning that seems deeper learning than just assuming that I'm the only person that can teach me anything or that my life and my experience has no, the no, only no, no. way of saying that this can have information. I, I don't – It seems like – I would say I wouldn't – like the the situations are different. So – and I would – we're biased to think that we're better at whatever than other people. So Which I would think the, I could – oh, I could do a better job and then you try it and figure out you can't. But like that's that's like the whole point of this quote. But that right? – no, the question isn't should you. It's do people. 
and I don't think people learn from history. The question, the question, no. Okay, so the question, at least the question, how I'm interpreting it, isn't do people? It's can people? And I would argue yes, and I would argue that that's the whole point of the quote. No, like no, if no, I just no, no, no. Go on living my life, assuming that I can only learn things, that I'm always going to be right, and that my experience has to be right, like. That's the whole point of the quote. The quote is saying, don't get trapped into that where you think that only your experience can determine what is right and wrong. Like, look to the past and say, hey, people have done this before. And, yeah, they're not me, but I need to trust them or else I'm going to have to go through the same things that they did. I agree. I relearn the same thing. I'm just saying the question says does. And I don't think people do. Okay. Well, I think that it's true. People don't because they don't for that reason where they don't trust people's other people's opinion. And so they don't ask. I think it's another level to that is that like, I mean, it's not quite the same level, but like Google prevents us from asking because we can just Google things. I guess we're asking Google and that's other people's history, but still like it still takes away from like, like why do I trust Google more than I trust my parents? But anyways, so do people currently learn from the past? I think some people do. I don't think we do a good job of it. I yeah, I can we I think in general, no. But can we? I think we can. Do you agree with that? Um still maybe. Uh it de- like it depends it depends on what you mean by learning things. Like I don't think I'm ever gonna learn some like fundamental things about myself. From the past, like I almost no, think no, no, that, no, no, like no. the majority of what we learn only comes from the past, and like our experience has very little to do with the amount of things that we learn. It depends on what, like, what do you mean by learning things? Like, I could read all the love poems in the world and still not know what it is to love. Right. Right. So that to me that's that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to say. Like there are some things about our subjective experience that are not well communicated to anyone from anyone. And those are things we learn by living. I mean, yes and no. I think you. St- I, I think there are lots of things that we observe, but or that we learn by observation, and, and of observation of other people's lives, not just our own. Like, so we're wondering, to use your example about love, like how does how does our understanding of that change? Yes, obviously it's going to change when you experience it, but going into it, you already have a bias based on the people that you have observed in your own life, your parents or relatives or whatever the movies and media all of these things are creating a bias you're learning from other people's experiences and other people's history that is creating this bias yes you have to go through it and experience that to fully get what it means i guess for you but i think that we do learn so much from observing other people and their history which is in some ways our history that we don't even realize. I don't I don't know. I I think those those things are so different that knowing them is completely different. 
you mean like observation versus experiential? Yeah. Like I've read a lot of things, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that it's pointless to read things and learn from dead people because I love learning from dead people. Mm-hmm. But I I think there's those things help you frame things, but they don't really teach you things. I mean, I don't know. I still think that it's more like. I mean, think about the things that you hold highly in your life. Like, you have experienced some of them now. So I'm going to use the example of, like, working hard. Like, in some ways, this idea and mentality of, like, hard work has been passed down from our families as, like, something that they have discovered in their history, in our history, that is beneficial, right? Okay. And so, like... Yes, I think that you have now experienced that and realized there is benefit in that, but that was instilled in you and learned in you because of the history and because of our upbringing, not necessarily because of your experience. It continues because of your experience, but it was learned outside of that. Okay. So I think, I think, we learn things because of our context, the things that we're born into. And then the reason that we continue to do things or change things is because of our experience. So I guess it's both, right? And that's kind of what I just said is that it's not just like, but you still have to learn from what people did before you or else you're not, or you're just going to, have to go down the same way and experience it and then make the same failure. But I think some of those things are unavoidable though. Because, right. I mean, like, I think we're, we're all like, we all born knowing nothing and having experienced nothing. So we're all going to have like some things I think are inevitably cyclical. Yes. But I still think we can learn a majority of things from other people and we're too selfish to, to ask for help or to try to get wisdom from other people and think that we can just figure it out on our own. I don't, I don't think. Yeah. Okay. But I also don't, I think that it's, it's fundamentally different to be given advice than to have experienced something. You mean there's a difference between learning from taking people's advice and learning from experience? Yeah, I feel like those are just like different knowledges. I mean, if you take like the the burning your hand on the stove example, right? Like if my mom tells me don't touch the stove, it's hot, you'll get burned the knowledge I get from her experience of knowing what happens with the hot stove. And then if I never touch the stove and never learn it experientially, doesn't the, the knowledge is the same as if I would just ignore that advice, touch it and then go on living my life, not touching. No, the stove. no, no. So I'm saying if I take mom's advice and never touch the stove in my life, because I, I know it's going to be hot. Mm-hmm. That does not prepare me 
from the actual sensation of touching a stove and being burned. But if I never touch a stove, why do, why do I need to have experiential knowledge of that situation? Right, well, stoves is a bad example, but just like... Like, What's a, like something that's positive, like friendship. Like, you should have friends. Okay, but, and that that's completely different than knowing that friends are good because people tell you that as to having good friends. Okay, I see what you're saying, but I still think, like, there is, like, somebody telling you to have, like, friends is also important knowledge from history that they're telling you. Like, a, like I'm assuming that my mom or someone is telling me, hey, you should go out and make good friends because they have experienced the fact that having good friends is key to life. Mm-hmm. And so, like, by taking that advice, I'm learning from that history and going out and having new friends. And, yes, I agree. Like, the experience is different than the knowledge of that. But the key, like if i if i don't take if i don't learn from that history if my mom says go out and make good friends and i say no i don't trust my mom yeah. then i'm going to fail it and then i'm going to end up having to learn okay i need good friends mm-hmm. right so like i i agree like you have to go out and have those experiences but if I don't listen to the wisdom of people who have done, gone before me, like that, that just seems foolish. Okay, yeah, that's I agree with that. But yeah, I just I I think those things are are so different. You could know things, but you don't really know things until you experience them. So I I saw recently both Green Book and Black Klansman. I'm excited I saw Green Book because. Now I can I am fully justified in saying whatever I want. <laughs> That's not really true. Uh, <laughs> Making comments about the movie. But so what I what I think Black Klansman does far better than Green Book mm-hmm. um, is Green Book takes place in the '60s and stays in the '60s, and it teaches us that racism is bad and. If you just spend time with other people, you'll learn that you're not so different, and both of you can learn from each other. Okay, great. Mm. Good message. Black Klansman says the same thing, and then what it does at the end is it takes the 70s setting and shows how what is happening then carries over into now by putting the events of Charlottesville at the end of the movie. Um, also how I ended my Civil War lecture, shout out to <laughs> Revenge Civil War lecture, uh, anyway, but I, so to me that I think that's, that's a much more important step that Black Klansman takes than Green Book, because Green Book, it's like, okay, yeah, we should learn these lessons, cool, but what Black Klansman does is say, this is the present reality of the things that we're talking about that happened in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, hopefully not to undermine what I have been arguing, right? But, like, the argument of 
Green Book is still important, right? Right. Because I can have I can have somebody say to me, "Don't be racist," or that people are. You know, if I spend time with people, it'll be I'll see that they're just the same. But if I don't have that experience, right, it's harder to actually know that, mm-hmm. right? And to be honest, it's probably part of the reason why I don't I don't I don't want to say that, but like it it I think the continue the continue of I don't know. The continuation of racism today is because we know that we shouldn't be racist, but we don't put action to that. Mm -hmm. And so there's instead of a instead of a active racism, there's a passive racism where it's there and I don't really know it, but I know that I shouldn't be racist, but I haven't taken the action to say, okay, these are the steps that I'm taking to actually and what Green Book is saying is get to know somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think we can – I so to answer the question, I think in general, no, people don't learn from history, uh, but they should. But I think learning from history only takes you so far because we are subjective people – and things happen to us. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think like, lear- like, and, and probably part of the idea of learning, like, is application, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I don't, like, in some ways there's not any point, there's no point of learning something if you can't apply it, which we could probably argue that. Uh, yeah, but, I agree. <laughs> But I think for this uh, for this example, right, the goal is to learn from other people's mistakes or learn from your own mistakes. And so, like, if I can take advice from someone who has walked a life before me, I can then learn those things and then apply them. And so, yes, it, it still needs to be worked out in an application and an actual experiential mm-hmm. instance of that. But the key, and I think the the point of the quote, is to say, listen to other people who have gone before us. Yeah. And so, so to answer the question, I think, or at least what I thought the question was, is that, yes, we can learn from other people's history, not just our own. And do we do a good job of it? No, I don't think so. I don't think that we we have a lot of, I mean... Oh, I'll speak for myself, but there are a lot of resources that I have of people who have walked lives similar to mine, but also different from mine, who can speak into my life and say, hey, here's some advice. And do I listen to it all the time? Not really. Should I? Yes. I think we should not only listen to the advice, but also seek out that advice. I think <laughs> we don't ask older people enough Hey, here's the situation. What's your experience? Yeah, I don't want to sound like I don't think we should listen to old or dead people because I absolutely think we should listen to old or dead people. One of my favorite things from a recent podcast that I listened to starring Jonathan Haidt, author of The Righteous Mind, uh, he said, people now are more disconnected from the past 
than they've ever been or people even 20 years older than them. Um, and what we read now is so much more skewed to like today than ever before. Um, so I, I, cl I clearly think lots of dead people have lots of good things to say. Um, and old people. Right. So, so then what do we, how do we get better at this? How do we get better at learning from other people's history? Uh, engage with it more. Just like take time to listen. And like, what does that look and, like? And listen with like humility that, Okay, these people were alive 300 years ago, but uh they don't matter cuz like the the humanness I think of of people even like 6000 years ago is probably the oldest thing I've ever read is still clearly evident in those writings that they're they have like the same subjective emotions as us and experiences and this is what they're saying about them mm -hmm. so uh, yeah I think there's lots of value in meeting them at where they are and and engaging and listening well how do they respond to that what's it like for them to be alive here doing whatever they're doing mm-hmm yeah, I think humility is probably the key is like <laughs> like it seems kind of silly to say but like coming to the conclusion that I don't know everything and that I have to learn things from other people. Mhm. Mm or that I can learn things from other people. And so I'm going to take it a different direction and not think about 300-year-old people, but just like having the humility to when I'm in a situation, find someone who's older than me, whether it's five or 50 years older than me and say, Hey, here's a situation. I need advice. I think in general, we don't ask advice a lot. Okay. Let me rephrase that. I don't ask advice a lot. And there's probably a lot of mistakes or a lot of growing that I could have done differently or more efficiently or I don't know. I, mm -hmm. I think that's a, maybe efficiently is a bad way yeah. of looking at it, but like there are mistakes or things in my life that I could have avoided if I had asked for advice and that, from people and, who are older and more experienced. And that takes like more vulnerability than normal. Right. But I think that it, I don't know, I think in some ways it helps us become better people. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. I, I just think right. that's why people don't do it. Right. And it seems interesting, right? It seems like the idea of not learning from other people seems foolish. Like, why would I try to reinvent the wheel or or not learn from other people but then like 
because they don't know thought. what they're talking about. They're not you. They've right, never but, been through anything like this before. Right, but that's just like selfishness and pride mm-hmm. and that was irony. lacking humility and, and vulnerability. And so it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just really challenging. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I hold those things higher than wisdom? I should hold wisdom higher than my fear of vulnerable being vulnerable or my pride that's why like if you remember our sadness episode i said i like finding people or finding things that make me sad because it's it's like oh that person has been there before Mm -hmm. yeah well yeah we just have to be less prideful be humble. Be humble. Well, any final thoughts? Nope. Sounds good. Recommendation time. Uh, so, because it's been so long for us. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I have many things to recommend. Have I, have I talked about Black Landsman on this podcast? I think so. I okay. think you did two weeks have ago. Have I talked about... Last week. I haven't... Okay, I have many feelings about Green Book. It's like a fun, enjoyable way to spend two hours. Uh, Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali are both good, and their chemistry is good. Mm-hmm. It, and so it, it, it's frustrating to me that it's such a nice, feel-good movie because mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a, it's much worse than Black Klansman. Hmm. In it, I think in its effectiveness. Um, so I'm worried to win Best Picture. Um, you think Green Book will win Best Picture? I am worried that it will win Best Picture. I think I think Roma still will. Um, Roma's my vote. Okay. Um, yeah, I also just thought it was boring cinematography. Cinematography. Cinemagraphically? Cinemagraphically. Sure. Anyway, um, have I talked about 8th grade on this podcast? I don't think so. I talked oh. to my parents about it, but go for it. 8th grade is amazing. Like, First Reformed is everything that should be my favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. It's depressing. It's about a priest struggling with his faith. And it's weird. Those are all the things that I love in things. Mm-hmm. But 8th Grade might be my favorite movie of the year. It's so good. Like, when people are, like, stunning, outstanding, whatever, this is really those things. Yeah. And but one of my favorite things about it, I was looking at reviews on Amazon. It has, like, an average of four-star ratings, and it's because it's, like, all five stars and, like, a bunch of ones. Yeah. And, the like, reading the one-star reviews are so frustrating because it's like, this is just glorifying people's use of social media. And I'm like, no, it's just showing that. It's Right. Um, but it's beautiful. Um, and it's, if you, so I watched this not knowing exactly what was going to happen. And there's this one moment that is just, like, so awful. And it's just, like, 
you're so anxious for the character Kayla, who's great, and you're like, I really hope nothing happens. Um, and then, like after that, there's so much relief, and like good things finally happen. It's it's a great movie. Everyone should see it. If you want to know things about middle schoolers, watch this. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, non-movies. I read a book called Oh Reimagining Britain, which is about. Uh, it's by the Archbishop of Canterbury, who's the head of the Anglican Church, talking about how. Uh, the values of Christianity can inform the post-Brexit future of Britain, uh, which I think I think is valuable because I I always think that we should stop and slow down and take stock of, okay, what are our values and what are our things that we're doing reflective of those values? That's something I really don't like about science is that its ethics seems to be what can we do or what makes us money and just do those things with without really regard for should we do these things or like what's the what's the future that we get from these things um right and then final recommendation is a book called a month in the country by uh something car uh it's a so i i just found a new publisher that i really like they're called New York Review Books Classics. Um, J.L. Carr. And so what these what this publisher does is they try to find books according to their about page that people read once and these books stayed with them forever. And so that mm-hmm. seems to be like all the books that are read from this publisher. And it's really great. So I just nice. keep buying them automatically from the book sale and reading them. So mm-hmm. I talked about the door right here. Yep. The door is published by this this publisher. Uh, so a month in a country is great. It's about a guy uh, restoring a medieval painting in a church. Um, mm. But it's it's better than that. It's about like him being in the country and nostalgia and memories and lost love. It it's like Channel or if Channel Orange was about a British guy restoring a church, it would be this book. <laughs> what a comparison! Mm-hmm. Solid. That's what I got. All right, I was remembering things that I wanted to talk about. So, f- first thing. I'm going to tie it on to the end of this episode. I I think so going back to thinking about things that like we both are passed down from history and learning from history, but also need experiential. I think our faith is that way too. Mm -hmm. And so like, yes, our faith is in in many cases passed down from our history and from our families and from our culture. But in order for that to then become real, it has to be experiential. Mm -hmm. So that was just another thing that I wanted to kind of put out there kind of, I think solidifies that idea. Another thing that I thought of that I forgot to talk about when I was talking about my time in England, when we stayed in London, the last night we were in England, we stayed like right 
behind right near Paddington Station in London. So Excellent. I was like I was like, Joel, we need to go to Paddington Station. Like I need to go and get my picture there. So I got my picture taken oh, at Paddington beautiful. Station right where the the trains are. And then as we were leaving, we drove through this part that I was like, I'm pretty sure these houses could be where Paddington lived because mm-hmm. it was just like all of these white houses that all looked exactly the same. And I was like, this is where Paddington's from. Anyway, so that was very exciting. Um, I watched way too many movies on the airplane because you're just stuck in a small cylinder mm-hmm. flying through the air at extreme speeds for six hours. Um, I, and I watched a lot of movies that I'm not going to recommend because, I mean, if you're on an airplane for 12 hours in a week, go for it. But um, w- there are a few movies that I am going to recommend, or at least two. The first one, um, I watched Cold War, which... Oh, I've heard good things about that. Is nominated for Best Foreign Film against Roma. And cinematography. It is also nominated for cinematography. It is also black and white, like Roma is. Let me tell you, I... After watching this, I think it's going to win cinematography. I've heard it's it's beautiful. It is beautiful. I have also decided that we should just film everything in black and white now, I think is what <laughs> people are for happen. that, yeah. It it's just stunning. Like yes, I I do love like colors and the vividness of, and the things that you can capture with that. But like I think it it's it's it serves so beautiful striking compositions better. Yeah, like it forces just, you to think better about how you're composing images. Yeah, yeah. So it's just beautiful. So I think it's going to win best. I think it's going to win cinematography. There were there. Yeah. Anyways, I don't want to go into it too far. I don't think it will win foreign film. Um, it was good. Um, it was very interesting to see what life in Poland was like during the Cold War um, and also how the Cold War takes over everything. Mm. it's It's a really cool way of showing that because so at the beginning of it, they're like creating this musical artistic act of like representing Polish folk music essentially. Mm. And so the, they're going around the country, finding all these folk songs, and then they get all these young people together and teach them these songs. Um, and then slowly that performance gets taken over as a, um, political, it, 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 it gets turned into this political thing. And so it gets really popular as this folk music. And then the government kind of comes in and says, nope, you're going to make this as propaganda now. And so then it becomes this use for this propaganda mm-hmm. thing. And then it goes off and tells this other story, which I'm not going to lie, it's in Polish and I fell asleep during some of it. So the, the plot is a little <laughs> lost there. But it's very beautiful. The music and the singing is beautiful. The cinematography is beautiful. So if you get a chance and don't mind listening to watching movies in Polish and black and white, go for it. Um, the next movie I'm going to recommend was actually the last movie I watched. And honestly, I didn't think it was going to be that great. But I had heard good things about it. It's Crazy Rich Asians. Oh. This movie shocked me as to how good it was. Um, it So... 
for me, it was the first part that was fascinating. And again, I think is like one of the brilliant things about movies, which you've talked about a little bit before, is that it, it puts you into a completely different context. I really don't have any understanding of what um, Asian cultures are like and what their families are like and what their family histories are like and mm-hmm. the, the pressures and things that come in when you have these cultures. And so to be just dropped into this culture and say, oh, wow, like, I mean, yes, these people are ridiculously rich. And so that kind of changes it. But in some ways it doesn't, right? Because the underlying cultural things of like family first and your family is much larger than your immediate family mm-hmm, unit. Mm-hmm. And, and you you give up your own personal goals for the sake of the family. These are things that do exist in, in our culture, but, but is so much stronger, I, I feel, or got the sense in, in this Asian culture. And then also just the, these beautiful... The ending was really good. Um, there, There's like two different kind of storylines. There's a main storyline and then this kind of underlying storyline. And both of them, one ends really happy. The other one ends really sad. But both of them are very powerful in saying like sac- uh, sacrificial love in a lot of ways as well as like knowing your self-worth and also knowing like what what your role is i guess i i and and where does how we interact with other people knowing the limits of how much we can interact with the other people i guess where it's like okay i can put so much in but if they're not willing to change then i just there's a limit mm-hmm. to that i guess um so yeah i was i was impressed um yeah, it's kind of a feel-good movie. Yeah, it's kind of a whatever. I don't know, but give it a shot. I I was really impressed by it, and maybe it was because I was on an airplane for six hours. But I don't think so. I think I would have enjoyed it outside of it. So, um, I think that's it. I think that's it for today. Um, anything else? Nope. Thanks for nope for joining us. Yep. We'll see you next week.